Hi everyone, my name's Dave. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to SportStack Weekly Analysis by AlphaStack, where you can get your weekly discussion on everything SportStack. This is a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter if you haven't already at AlphaStack Group. And don't forget to check out our weekly blog posts at www.alphastack.co.uk. Right, enough of the admin. Let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Stack Weekly Analysis Podcast. My name is Dave, and as usual, Jay is with me. Jay, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Just um, keeping keeping some tabs on the on the Man City game um, whilst we record this. Um, so there there may be some some live reactions. Um, you know, may, maybe if Rodri scores a screamer, um, I might just have to mute the mic for a couple of seconds. <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. You're now Rodri's biggest fanboy, aren't you? Uh, I quite possibly am you might be his yeah. only fanboy uh, I really hope not because that would probably make me sound a little bit creepy I'm just I'm just picturing some meme where it's like Messi fanboys Ronaldo fanboys and then Rodri fanboys and it's just you by yourself and it's just me by myself yeah yeah, yeah why not yeah well I mean it's, it's probably fair to say you've already made your biggest trade in that game <laughs> and it's not Rodri uh, yeah, it's, it's it's not Rodri at all. Um, it's probably quite dirty because um, I, when there when there were some issues for Car Walker, I yeah I started to short a lot of Car Walker, um, and then when it looked like he might stay on, I shit out of a third of it. Thankfully though, because I I started shorting him at like thirty nine p. So the the part where I shit out of it was at 38p so I still actually made a small profit on the, on that third um, and then obviously he went off and I, I still had my other two thirds open so um, yeah that, that was a nice profit but I'm just I'm actually, I've actually just refreshed the app now and Rodri is on 60 points um, he's on 60 already Jesus he's Fair on play. 60 um, and I'm, I'm long 350 of him um, which is just the most untypical me thing to do ever. But when I went to make my trade on him, there were only 350 shares left at 49p. Right, okay. And I was just being really, really tight and really picky and didn't want to pay 50p for it. So, so, so you I, took what you could get. I took what I could get and I'm now just looking at my shares and I'm like, oh, that's just an art, that's not a round round number for me like that's really going to bug me later on um but it, it is what it is yeah fair enough i was looking at uh emiliano martinez i, I don't know why this has kind of struck me because I'm, I'm looking at the payouts here but <clears throat> has emiliano martinez been as much of have people enjoyed trading him as much as they did seem to earlier in the season because there was a point where everybody loved him right and he was like the high stuff. Like when we were doing the the Alpha Stack um, championships, championships, and he yeah. got picked by at least one person every single week, probably two or three people. But I've not really heard yes. so much about him lately. Even though he's he's actually put in some really decent performances the last few weeks. Yeah, I think the difference now is that obviously when we were doing the championship, um, keepers were like forty p to long. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, okay, which is obviously a yeah. big difference to what they generally are now. I mean, now you're looking high forties, um, low fifties, in some cases. So people just tend not to tend not to do it as much anymore because the margin's not really there. Um, but yeah, he's he's actually been quite active this game. The amount of ball recoveries he's got is uh, quite impressive. To be fair, he's had he's had a number of easy saves as well. I don't think any of the saves he's made have been um, overly challenging. Put it that way. Yeah, fair enough. This week it will probably be again a little bit of a shorter podcast. We are still at the mercy of this slightly funky uh, calendar. Where, well, this weekend we've got another FA Cup weekend, so that's that's joyous because that's a couple of those in space two or three weeks. Um, so we have one game, I think that's Newcastle versus Villa on Saturday, and otherwise there's actually nothing really much to speak of this weekend. So uh, we will run through the picks from last weekend and do a quick a quick review of, of last weekend's football, which uh, really was actually quite poor. Um, so we yeah. will cover that briefly. Um, there's no point talking about it for the sake of talking about it. So we'll, we'll look at the picks, um, pick up on a couple of bits that, that we think are relevant otherwise. And then we've got discussion points, just little things that we've picked up on, things we were chatting about between ourselves that we thought should, you know, a discussion that should be aired. Uh, so let's start, Jay, with, well, I suppose the early kickoff from last weekend, and actually probably one of the best games of the weekend, was Wolves 2, West Brom 3. Now, I don't think this is a result anyone saw coming. Least of all myself, I was long Ruben Neves. And that's, that didn't go well at all. He actually, weirdly, he was doing fine. And weirdly, he got subbed um, with about 20 minutes to go and finished on 41p. So that was a loss of 8p for me. I also didn't see West Brom scoring three in that game. So, Jay, I don't know I don't know really where we start with that one. Was it Wolves being rubbish? Was it West Brom playing well? Was it things starting to click for Allardyce? Um it's probably West Brom getting two penalties. It could be that. To be fair. <laughs> I, I, I actually, thinking about it, I'd forgotten they had a second one. That first one, to me, was barely a penalty. Yeah. In terms of the, the incident itself and also where it was on the pitch, I, I would really struggle to call that. I mean, that's kind of the situation that VAR referees are in. You know, they have to make a decision. They can't just go, nah, up to you. Um, I suppose they kind of decided to stick with the on-field decision. I'm not quite sure, but yeah, it, I think it, it, they didn't. They didn't. I think the rule is yeah. If it's if it's on the line, then it's a penalty. Um, I think they just judged it to be bang on the line. Right. Um, I'm trying to remember. Sort of last night, the um, Chelsea were awarded a penalty, weren't they? And then it was overturned because it was literally like a couple of millimetres before the line. So obviously right. then Chelsea just got the free kick, um, which Mason Mount skied. Right, okay. Quite tragically skied, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's... yeah, no, it, it was an interesting game, the um, West uh, Wolves-West Brom. Because um, it, it... I mean, you look, every, everybody really expected Wolves to, to win that fairly fairly comfortably I think um, you know like myself included I thought you know 2-3-0 two, two, Wolves should be fine here shouldn't really have a problem um, but obviously that 
just didn't quite happen. West Brom actually turned up. Um, and, you know, yes, they got two penalties, but if Wolves are going to make fouls in the box, then stuff like that is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I, the funny thing about it is that, obviously, last week in the pod, we were both kind of saying you can't really see a result other than a Wolves win. If we were doing this 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 whole thing again, I would you know I'd back Wolves to win. But with a bit of hindsight, you're looking at it, you're like with Allardyce in charge, somehow it wasn't actually so surprising. Yeah. You know when it when it is on the back of two penalties, it's hard to say. But, but yeah, I mean, like even if they didn't get the two penalties, then yeah, you could argue okay they probably would have lost two one, and even that. Is probably a better result than most of us expected them to have. Yeah. Um, so th- there were definite elements where you were watching the game and you were thinking, do you know what? West Brom are starting to look like a, like a little bit more of an Allardyce team. Uh, yeah. Know, with their just going back to a, a solid defensive line and, you know, Allardyce isn't stupid. He knows how to win points in the Premier League. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, we maybe we could end up seeing a little bit more of a rigid West Brom back line now and maybe not conceding too many goals, which then from a sports stack perspective, could we look at start lo- starting to long a couple of the West Brom defenders for the next couple of weeks whilst their buy prices are still going to be fairly cheap? That is a, I think it's a valid consideration for anyone anyone who's looking at that. Saying that, West Brom are up against Man City next. So uh, if you want yeah, to take that on, the next game. if you want to take that on, then uh, <laughs> by all means. But that won't be won't be for me. I don't think. Uh, Although. Although Kevin De Bruyne has gone off before 60 minutes uh, with what looked like he didn't look 100% comfortable. So a Man City without Kevin De Bruyne, maybe, maybe that might be an option. I see the um, point. If you've got if you've got a set of cojones on you, then maybe give it a try. I'm probably not going to take that on. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's that's it's it's not for me. I'll be honest. I'm more likely to uh, to short one of the Man City attackers, but we'll we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Final word on that Wolves game. Um, I wanted to sort of shout out Fabio Silva for his goal because obviously there's been a hell of a lot of pressure on him having come in for for Raúl Jiménez, who was in the stands actually for the game. Um, I, yeah, you know, I don't know how near to a return he is, but. Um, Silva's obviously had yeah he's had quite a lot of pressure he's still only 18 I think the way he took his goal almost looked like a veteran striker um, oh it was lovely because the ball just dropped into his feet there and he steps across the defender to hold him off and then just tucks into the corner like he wasn't bothered at all so that that's quite potentially quite a promising sign I think they highlighted the match of the day uh, just his movement was a lot better and you know he's starting to throw himself around a little bit, so you know maybe he's starting to to find his feet. Um, saying that he did did still only pay out, I think it was thirty eight p, and fine. Wolves, yeah, Wolves conceded three goals. I think he got a booking as well, but he's one of those where people will probably still be looking to short him if he's if he's paying out kind of like that with a goal. 
yeah, he, he doesn't look like he's going to be one of those strikers who gets you a huge amount of of base points. He's, he's not going to be a Danny Ings, for example, is he? No. It'll be interesting to see how he does because he's getting such early exposure in the Premier League that can kind of be be make or break for, for a player sometimes. Um, yeah. But the fact, that he's, the fact that he started scoring um, is very promising. Um, three o'clock kickoffs. Leeds nil, Brighton one was a game where we we both had picks, and we did. We were talking about how exciting the game looked on paper, or, or interesting, I suppose, because you've got Brighton who are you know have been particularly unlucky. People are, uh, are commonly saying, um, and you've got Leeds who are creating and giving up opportunities galore. And it ended up 1-0 to Brighton, <laughs> which I don't think people were really <laughs> expecting. No, no, definitely not. Um, it's, you know, I, I quite like the fact that we've come onto this game now. It's because, you know, I, I've probably got a bone to pick with you. Um, oh, yeah. Regarding Mope. Um, obviously, before <laughs> we recorded the pod last week, we discussed him and you said, yeah, only if he starts. So, um and then after when he scored, and you sent me a screenshot saying, "Oh look, I I was long on him for uh, for fifty shares." I was like, Come on. <laughs> "Could have fucking told me that he started, mate." <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I'd assumed you probably would have like had an eye on it, um, and yeah, it just didn't really cross my mind to keep you updated. But I saw yeah. when I when I saw the teams, I thought. I don't mind that, you know. Calvin Phillips isn't playing. Um, Luke Ayling was was pretty good, at least watching the game. I mean, he seemed to be very good at centre half for, for Leeds, but they, as usual, they left a lot of open ground and Brighton were breaking quite well. Um, so it was just, yeah, looking at the team sheets, I thought, you know, I'd have a bit of that. As Mope, I think, 39, maybe 40p. Unfortunately, he got his goal quite early. I think it was about 20 minutes in. Yeah. And. Yes, yeah, so that gave me opportunity. I cashed out half, uh, about fifty-four, I think it was, and then he st- he actually carried on accumulating points, and I could have, you know, taken a little bit more off the table, but I thought when he's already scored one after twenty minutes, I don't think I'm gonna cash out now when he's he's got another seventy minutes against Leeds. <laughs> this yeah. is kind of the way, which is where yeah, it's, it's completely possible, isn't it? Let's be fair. Yeah. Um... Yes, yeah, so that was that was a that was a trade that worked out well. And there's me saying how I don't want to pick goal scorers um, because it, it normally doesn't work for me. But I've had I've had that, and I've had a couple of others recently that have gone well. Um, at least picking players who have scored. So I won't yeah, be I won't be success. making a habit of taking taking those bets. I don't think. Um, but yes, apologies for not uh, pointing out to you in advance of kickoff that he had indeed started. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's uh, as I always say, it's a doggy dog world, so it's it's fine. I'll uh, I won't I won't scold you too much. But um, our picks. So you were long Bazuma, who unfortunately didn't start. He so did, yeah. there's there's uh, nil gain, nil loss for you there. Um, I was long the keeper Sanchez at forty four, and he finished on fifty two. So that's uh. A very good start for me plus eight um obviously considering that you're already minus eight with neves 
Yeah. Um, gives me a gives me a nice little buffer to start off with. You're in a you're in a good position already, and I unfortunately have uh, a bit of a horror show uh, coming up with <laughs> one of the late later kickoffs. I don't think there's too much more to touch on on that game. You had another pick in the other three o'clock kickoff, didn't you? Yes. So I was also long. Um, so Jack. Um, at forty six p, and he finished on fifty two despite actually getting booked as well um which you know i see that as a as an overall win yeah um my my plan for him was obviously for him to get a couple of chances um but you know what i am pretty sure that in that 52p he didn't actually have a shot on target maybe even not even a shot <laughs> so you know he he's picked all that up purely from you know just breaking up play um which has you know worked out great for me um and yeah overall it was it was decent yeah good trade that i've got a question i want to hit you with on the fly um because mm-hmm. i was i was laughing at this i i think because i follow some palace fan accounts on twitter um i often seem to see just pointless interaction between Palace fans and West Ham fans. They they often seem to be at each other's throats. Um, so someone someone had retweeted something onto my timeline uh, from West Ham fan who was complaining about comparisons between Thomas Suchek and Fellaini, and it, it's the most obvious comparison I think anyone will ever see. I don't think it's invalid. Uh, I I don't think it's invalid. Um... I think there's there's definitely a comparison to be made between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, at least maybe Fellaini when he was at Everton, not when he went to Man United, because he was dog shit when he went to Man United. Um, but Fellaini at Everton, yeah, I, I would make that comparison between him and Socek. Yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's perfectly fair. I think Socek is probably. Uh, a little more mobile and probably a bit more dynamic than Fellaini but I think people are probably forgetting how good Fellaini was at Everton I mean yeah look I mean that was what a long time ago it feels like 10 years ago at least now um, when he was at Everton and it probably is I think Um, he signed for United in 2012-2013 so yeah it'd be roughly yeah so probably about 10 years ago then that he maybe signed for Everton um so yeah you know it's it was a long time ago but he was he was a bit of a revelation um and that's pretty much exactly what Zocek has been yeah i i i stand by i mean they're not even comparisons i i've been making but i've seen them on twitter from a lot of people um and mm. i yeah i think i think it's probably a fair one let's go let's go in chronological order so Fulham Chelsea was the next game on Saturday, and you had a pick in that game, and it was one I was well on board with. Yeah, it was short team at fifty p who didn't even start. I I was so so gutted because like that was such a good price to short him at. I'm sorry, like I yeah. When that market opened, whilst we were recording the pod, and I managed to short four hundred of him at fifty p in total. Um, I was. Yeah, I was somewhat excited and sort of almost getting ready to count my count my winnings. 
because yeah. <laughs> that—that's how little faith I have in Timo Werner at the moment. Yeah, I was—I was absolutely buzzing off it. I think I got on. I think I just took the next shares after after you had. So I shorted him at forty nine, and I was—I felt very, very confident in that. And that was—it's kind of proven in the result that you know Chelsea ground out a win there. Um, and even <laughs> since then, since then they went went down two 0 to. Leicester the other night and Le- Leicester are now top of the league so fair play to them um, although mm-hmm. that that could change with uh, you know United and Liverpool now have a game in hand but um, yeah Chelsea Chelsea had to fight to get a result against 10-man Fulham. Um, Fulham so I think yeah. that kind of the view on Werner there was, was vindicated at least uh, it's just a shame that we can actually um, reap the reward from it yeah it would have been nice would have definitely been nice um but yeah, so yeah, my overall position ended up a plus fourteen. I sorry, I've done plus twelve on the uh, on the notes. I'm I'm a fucking accountant. Um, yeah, plus well fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I mean, it doesn't really matter whether it's twelve or fourteen because uh, my final pick for the weekend was in the evening game. That was uh, Leicester Southampton, which was obviously um, billed quite highly, and Leicester came out on top. I had backed James Ward Prowse, and it's really annoying because actually on the pod last week when we were sort of looking through those prices as they came up, uh, because we were recording when the market went live, I looked at James Ward Prowse. I took him at forty-five p. I also mentioned moments after Yuri Tielemans at forty-six p didn't take him and he I think had a hand in both goals finished on 64p something like that so I managed to pick the dud of the two James Will Prowse I went long at 45p and he finished on 26 fortunately I cashed out a little earlier but in respect of the picks that that makes no difference uh, whatsoever so I finished on minus 19 in that game and minus 27 overall so um, really, it's, it's no no great surprise that Jay was happy to uh, to talk about the picks this week. <laughs> yeah, future episodes. We we don't know. We'll, we'll see how they go. Um, but yeah, it was a uh, it's it's nice to uh, to have a win to come back with on the picks. Um, I think what tends to happen is we don't do picks for a, for a while. We do them, and then I win the first one, and then lose about three or four on on the bounce. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes next time. Yeah, well, this week because of the, the the weird schedule at the moment, we won't be doing picks this weekend. We've only got two markets open, so uh, we'll we'll have to leave that to work out our own trades. But we won't be doing picks this weekend. So as as quickly as they've they've come back, they have gone again at least for a week. Um, I don't know if yeah. this kind of resets the pattern and Jay will will win next time we do them again because we didn't do them um, do them in that that week in between, but let's see how that goes we've got uh, a few I mean actually the, fi- the final game we probably should mention from the weekend is Man United Liverpool or Liverpool Man United yeah Liverpool were at home but it was so boring I can't really remember I mean the thing that we need to talk about here is did anybody stay awake for 90 minutes <laughs> I, I didn't watch 90 minutes <laughs> I actually I actually made a point um, to my girlfriend that I wanted to watch this game and I turned it off after 20 minutes because I knew I was going to be trying to watch the the Palace City game afterwards and I I stuck with that for much longer 
uh, despite the goals going against us. Uh, <laughs> but it was like after like twenty minutes, I was like, I can't make her sit and watch this. So um, yeah, I, t- I turned off quite quickly, and I I didn't trade the game. I did on Betfair. I backed under two and a half goals, and I am very glad that I did that. I I just it's just another one of these derbies, these games that's built so highly. And it ended up being on match of the day two after, well, everything else, Sheffield United, Spurs, <laughs> and then uh, and then City Palace. And actually on there, they were like, this game is on last, but we've made this little hype video beforehand, so we're going to bloody well use it. So they did. And obviously it was just pointless. <laughs> I think... I think Rodri has just got an assist. I'm seeing 1-0 on sofa score. Yeah, Rodri's on 8.6. Yeah, I I think he might have just got an assist. <laughs> Here we go. It's just switched back to 0-0 on my sofa score, but that will um, that'll update itself in time. Um, oh, here we go. Yeah, it's come up saying goal again. Point for you, Jay, um, that you'll, you'll find interesting. There's been a, a long-running thing on the podcast of the fact that I'm too cheap to shell out for uh, for proper TV. Um, I, for a long time, actually, I was subscribing. To, oh, I need to cancel that, I think. I was subscribing to Sky Sports through Now TV and you get this stupid like three or four minute delay, so there's no point trying to trade in play. Today was supposed to be the day that the Sky Engineer comes to install our Sky Q. And... Oh, God. He arrives at, he arrives at our, our apartment building and it turns out Sky can't they're not legally allowed i think to carry out work internally um so they are turning up to every appointment and then they will assess when they're there whether they can actually do anything or not so today was meant to be the day i was promoted to the leagues of sky q and i could be a proper (laughs) in-play trader like jay and the guy turns up and goes no, not today, mate. No. <laughs> and now we we apparently have to call up uh, every couple of weeks to make a new appointment and just keep shifting it back and shifting it back until they can actually do the work so that we're like at the front of the queue. So so me being a real in-play trader is still just a pipe dream. Sad, sad story. You'll get, the, you'll get there one day, mate. You'll get there one day. Yeah, will do. But... We've now got the update on sofa score. Rodri did get an assist. So Jay, how, how's that trade looking now? Uh, it's it's cut. It's showing plus one hundred and twenty six. It, it won't be that unless he finishes on like eighty four or eighty five p. Is that so um, he, he's on eighty at the moment? But you could trade out eighty five or so. I could trade out at eighty three. Okay. And then some at eighty two. And you went long at what price? Forty nine. <laughs> oh, bravo! Yeah, fair enough. I I didn't pay any attention to this game to be honest. The the fact that there were like six o'clock kickoffs today had just gone over my head uh, until until about the, the the time the game kicked off. I think so. That one that one's yeah. passed me by, but very well played there. Now, let's move on to sort of the second half of the pod, um, where mm-hmm. we just want to talk about a couple of bits and pieces. There's nothing really massive. Uh, first one, Jay, and this is, it's like a little nuance within the app. There's <clears> been a very slight change to, one, to the way the app displays in a certain area. Yeah, so, I mean, 
I actually, I actually didn't notice it at first until somebody else mentioned it on Slack. I, I can't remember who it was. Um, but basically what they, what Sportstack have done is negative attributes now where they used to show a, like a, a red minus sign before the number. It's now just a white minus sign, but your positive attributes are still getting the green plus sign. Um, basically, it just it just makes it a little bit harder to differentiate um, every now and then. So it's, I mean, look, it's a it's a bit of a weird one to be honest. I I quite liked having the red minus sign because sort of if you were looking at a player's timeline. Um, live in game you could you could see everything and yeah. it was very very easy to see what has happened and you know who's done what i i don't really see the point the only thing i can think of um the colors of what you see on your on the app have changed because it i guess there's a perception that it maybe affects your psychology on the platform so you know a red number is is scary and evokes kind of negative emotions and that makes you want to do something different to if if it's just a white number and you know your brain has to kind of process it itself it's not induced to thinking that's a bad thing if you get what i mean yeah quite possibly that that would be the most logical reason wouldn't it um i don't think anybody could could blame sports like if if that was the reasoning um but yeah it's it's well, the only, I mean, the only question then I have is is whether it's really necessary. It's cosmetic, isn't it? It's, everyone's going to have their own preference. So, I, yeah, I don't particularly care for it, I guess, is, is the bottom line on that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's only come up because I know somebody mentioned it. Um, and, yeah, it was just probably something to, something to quickly point out. Um, something else that's been coming up in the Slack chat is sort of will there be any um, marketing push or or anything soon like you know what's what's happening with the app um, you know where's it going etc etc um, and yeah I think a, a talking point is definitely you know will there be a marketing push soon and you know what's what what's going to happen in the short term I think if we're if we're talking quite candidly, since career markets shut down just before Christmas, things have been I suppose a little quieter in Slack, haven't they? Uh, I think things have been a little bit quieter across the board, not just necessarily in Slack. Um, you know, on on social media in general. Um, I, I don't think it would be unfair to say that because um, you know we've noticed it. So it's you know you can guarantee that sports stack have noticed it too fair comment i think you you maybe say that that the kind of the rug being pulled a little bit with with the withdrawal of career markets has maybe taken the sparkle off for a few people i know there will be a lot of people and a lot of people did join slack because of career markets and maybe they just don't see the appeal for matchday markets and fair enough if it's not for them it's not for them but i guess that's that's why we've ended up with less conversation in slack less interaction on twitter and you're kind of saying okay so what's going to come next and, and sports stack you know they've put so much time and effort and money towards setting up this new product that they've then had to kind of mothball and 
you know, wh- where do they go from there? They've they've mentioned that they want to uh, ha- sort of have a renewed focus on a super stack. So they they I'd, I'd imagine in kind of in the way they do, they are working on um, new features for super stack, and those will be dropped kind of all in one go without much much warning. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, I guess you're going to see something will happen at some stage, probably in the next month. But they have probably quite quickly had to divert all their attention from career markets just to other things. So they're having to work out a plan on the fly and put it, put it into action. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's fair enough. People want to start seeing um, things kicking off a bit. I mean, obviously for, for match day traders, we can kind of keep ticking along um, without necessarily there being many more users, but it's, it's, just more fun if you see the platform thriving and everyone kind of enjoying themselves and there being more discussion and more engagement yeah there needs to be something who do you think it's best for because we actually we had this conversation with dan jackknife um on the last pod before career market shut down when we were kind of talking about like who do they need to appeal to now with career markets gone it's very much just a case of who do sports stack need to need to appeal to in the context of the match day markets yeah, so we we discussed this briefly before we started recording. I I actually think that Sportstack could appeal um, to Betfair traders to some degree because obviously Betfair traders are the guys who will trade in and out of games. Um, obviously, nine nine times out of ten, they're just going to be looking at match result. Yeah. So for them to trade on, um, on individual players is going to be a completely different ball game, that we know. Um, but I think out of everyone, it would probably appeal to them more than more than anyone else. Um, you know, Superstack is more likely to appeal to your casual gamblers, but you you've got to try and pull them away from their accumulators, um, and maybe. Maybe that is what Sportstack do next, is they do Superstack accumulators. Yeah, that was I mean, that's something that I think Nick first mentioned on the yeah it would have been this this Superstack launch uh, podcast yeah. interview kind of thing that we did back in June um, when he said that obviously what they're launching is it's not even necessarily a new concept yeah. because it, it existed on Twitter before they put it into the app. But from that kind of basic construct, they can do a, a hell of a lot with it in terms of betting on who's going to be the best player. Beyond that, Nick did mention accumulators, so you could bet on um, one player to win one super stack and then another player in another game to win another super stack, or one player to outperform yeah. another was kind of another thing they were looking at. So there are there are numerous things that we, we could see come in, but the marketing thing is is kind of a separate a separate issue but i suspect that marketing is probably going to come once they have another product to announce we, we all want to see that sooner rather than later i think um but at the same time i think what we do know is that sports stack won't rush anything um necessarily so you know you once once there is something ready to announce it will it will come out you know despite how frustrating it is. I mean, I know some people have been saying, you know, Sportstack has been out for over a year now um, and there's never been a, a massive, massive marketing push. Um, I, I 
genuinely think they've been so unlucky with their timings on that. Um, I, I can see it from both sides. You know, their, their big marketing push last yeah. year came in uh, the start of February, which was going great. Um, obviously, with the Champions League football coming back, um, you know, sports stuff was being posted here, there, and everywhere. Um, and then obviously, COVID hit, and football got suspended. Then the next big, big marketing marketing campaign um, came what two weeks before they decided that they were going to take a sort of an early option to to close careers. Um, you know, and until I suppose the the gambling commission have given their say on on everything. Um, so yeah, they they have been incredibly unlucky with their timings of when they have looked to do marketing campaigns. But yeah, we I I think we could do with something because I think there needs yeah. to be a a renewed buzz. I mean, you know, the more people who get on the platform, then the the idea is the more liquidity there is around, um, and you know, the the more opportunities that there'll be. I mean, you know, at the moment, if if you're well within the community, you you kind of know who's trading what and who's done what to affect the prices. Like, you know, Carl Walker dropped something like twelve pence in the space of maybe a minute. And I'm not going to name names, but I could probably tell you the four or five people that would have been heavily, heavily involved in that. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, the the more play, the more users that are on there, the the better. Yeah. Um, just in general, because I think you'll probably see more price movements, um, which will which will end up opening up more opportunities. You know, if if somebody goes too high, then they short an opportunity. If somebody shorts, and you know the players are that are too low then there's opportunities to go long right yeah sports day management know that liquidity is the most yeah. important thing for markets that's why they've got the market makers in um but they want that to grow they want it to grow organically they want to bring people on board and that will allow them to move from 400 shares or a, a sort of each price point up to 600 or 800 and so on and so forth and the grand vision is for for the match day exchange to be really liquid. You know, you've got ten thousand shares at each each price point, and those prices can move can move sort of very very organically. So, I think the the long term vision is still there. It's just being brought back into into kind of renewed focus now with career markets gone, and the marketing push is. I suppose it was obvious before where the marketing push was going to come from with the addition of career markets and now people are saying okay so what's next um because they're kind of going back to something that everyone's used to it's not new it's mm-hmm. or it's, it's not really new anymore you know it's a year old um and there's there's still a hell of a lot of runway it's not like sports that have done any massive marketing on it they just need to um sort of nail down their strategy and, and go ahead with it but I'm assuming that they will be very strategic in when they actually launch that, and I suspect it will come with more super stack announcements. That's just kind of where I guess we we end up. And then we'll probably see some some additional announcements and extra marketing stuff going out. Yeah, sounds about right to me. That is probably all we've got time for here. Obviously, it's a again a different sort of a different sort of podcast. I feel like we're we're struggling to fit into any routine at the moment with the the way football is 
sort of coming and going and you know we've had periods where it's been non-stop and periods now where um, we've got these horrible little rude interruptions from the FA Cup so <laughs> once once we've got those out of the way and it and you know they're not suspending Premier League football for a weekend so we can play the FA Cup then we'll have more to talk about and more to uh, to hit on but I feel like those particularly the issue of marketing is is probably it's something on, on people's minds I know there's been mention in Slack of how much quieter Slack is and yeah we want to we want to start to see that the community growing again and growing well and growing with people who are positive on the platform and um, we, we will we want it to sort of grow constructively so I've, I've got faith that, that that can happen and that it'll be handled well but that is that's for that's for Nick and Christian everyone in sports like to work out who, who are they kind of targeting next Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and we will catch up with you next time. Good luck trading on uh, on the few games we have. Take care.